0: Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this
1: program, Nancy Goodman Torpey and Peter Torpey. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. Well, what do you think it would be like traveling around the world to various countries if you were totally blind? How about if your traveling companion was also totally blind? Well, stay tuned, and you'll hear some interesting stories. We'll be speaking with Tony Giles and
0: Tatiana Nisioti, who are both totally blind and have each traveled to dozens of foreign countries, many of them together, and we'll be discussing some of their experiences along the way. But first, for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Tatiana and Tony. I
2: think we should follow our curiosity, because like I said, I met Tony has changed my life, and I met him through... Just an article. I just, you know, was curious. contacting me. Some. I mean, yeah, that's the tip. I think we should follow our instinct, our curiosity, and, and you never know what that, <laughs> where that would, uh, would would lead. Yeah, yeah, that's great. She's she's right. You just
3: follow your dreams, and you only get one chance usually. Um, but yeah, follow your curiosity, follow your dreams. Try to be open-minded. And you've
1: certainly been doing that through your travels over the years. So let's hear a little bit about your stories and experiences both together and apart and see what it's like traveling around the world.
0: Let's start by meeting Tony and Tatiana and learning about how they met with one living in the United Kingdom and the other in Greece. It's an interesting story related to their shared passion for travel. Tony, you've been on the show before, but can you remind our listeners of who you are and introduce yourself? Okay, my
3: name is Tony Giles. I'm from southwest England near a city called Bristol I'm totally blind with a rare eye condition called cone dystrophy and photophobia, which basically means I can sense sunlight, but nothing else. And I'm also severely deaf in both ears without my hearing aids. And I was born with my eye condition, and I went deaf from about the age of four or five. And I spent the last 20 years traveling the world. And we also have your
2: traveling companion.
0: Can you introduce yourself?
2: Yes, uh, my name is Tatiana Nisioti. I am from Greece, but I came across Tony when I was learning English. I mean, one of the things I tried to do in order to keep up with the language and uh, improve my language skill, and since I was um, new to the Internet as well back then, I mean, 11 years ago when I met Tony through Internet, it was uh, to read as much as possible, English websites of my interest. One of my interests was blindness-related items and, you know, blind people who inspire, you know, either blind or the whole world. Is that how
0: you met Tony?
2: I found it through a Greek website, actually. (laughs) It was Greek blind community uh, who ran uh, a website about uh, technology. And uh, news uh, related to blindness stuff from all over the world. And one of the articles I happened to read was about Tony's website. Anyway, so I read this article and uh, I was inspired. I was um, amazed by Tony's you know, adventures. And I started to read his blog, his website. And one day I decided to send him an email uh, you know, I'm Tatiana, I am from Greece, I'm learning English, and why not being, you know, communicating or, you know, corresponding and being pen pals and stuff like that. So that's how I started. And uh, we were kind of a regular pen pal. And someday in 2009, he decided to visit Greece. So how that all started.
1: So that was the first time you met then in person It was in 2009,
2: right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: What fun. I gather that you also have a visual impairment.
2: Yes, I am totally blind. I've been since 15, 16. Because uh, I was born, actually, partially say I was born with congenital cataracts. And I was able to see, like, enough not to use a cane. I could read from a very, very, very close distance. But I didn't use any aid back then. I mean, until... Uh, My eye pressure was increased, and, I mean, my blindness is due to glaucoma. I mean, you know, high eye pressure and damage of the optic nerves.
1: And that is also the cause of my blindness. I was born with glaucoma, and they didn't know it could occur in kids. And, you know, when the pressure is high, as you say, it damages the optic nerve and the retina, and that's when your vision begins to decay. So it's important for people to get their eye pressure checked, especially if they're over 40. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success. Success.
0: Success. 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 This week's focus topic is Tony and Tatiana's experiences traveling around the world. We had terrible problems with everything internet connections during this interview, and we ended up doing most of it with Tony and Tatiana separately. So they didn't actually hear what each other was saying. So this could be an interesting exercise for them to see how well they know each other and what they
1: learn from hearing this interview as reassembled. So you guys said you've known each other for uh, about 10 years. We've talked with Tony about several of his travel trips around the world, but I understand you folks also have traveled together. Can you tell us about some of your recent travels together and how that works out?
3: Sure. So we, we just came from Egypt. I'm still in Egypt, currently in Cairo, the capital yeah. of Egypt. Uh, Tatiana flew home very early Sunday morning, but we spent the last 16, 17 days in egypt
2: actually most of our t- t- trips we do together is uh, ideas we both have about places we both want to go or places but tony has been before and so he knows some things about how, where to stay or what places to visit uh, and just wants to take me there one of them was uh, australia new zealand and the united states
0: and how did you end up going to egypt for this trip
2: Egypt was totally new for both of us. None of us has been to Egypt before. I've always wanted to visit Egypt, to be honest, because part of the history I thought I was taught at school was uh, related to you know Egyptian uh, civilization and history and all the kings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the pyramids, all the things that uh, people uh, visit there, and Tony. Told me uh, by the end of the last year, by the end of 2018, that he was planning a long trip to Africa again. And uh, he mentioned some countries he want, was planning to visit, such as Sudan, Eritrea, Ethiopia, and stuff. And uh, another day, he mentioned also Egypt, that it would make sense to start from Egypt and then proceed to Sudan and blah, blah. When I heard that, you know, I was excited. Oh, Tony, you know I want to go to easy. So final visit together and then continue on your own?
1: Fun. I take it before you start a trip like that, you must have to do a lot of preparations in terms of knowing where you want to go and setting out an itinerary. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's true, yeah. Actually, Tony being uh, prepared and a lot more... uh, experience on that does the most of this job i mean to find things and because most things are all right if i want to read something about egypt to be honest i prefer to read it in greek so tony does the preparation in english and he sends me some maybe some wikipedia articles or some stuff he's found and are interesting about both of us to visit and the other thing is the accommodation which is the main part of the trip That we have to agree, because Tony, uh, when he travels on his own, he likes hosteling. I mean, he can stay in a a dorm with uh, from four to eighteen beds. That's his most crowded uh, place of accommodation.
1: So it sounds like that wasn't the ideal for you. You wanted something different.
2: Not at all. No. Not only that, I'm not experienced, but I don't like it to be honest. Okay, I can share accommodation with friends or family or. Relatives, but no, we, you know, strangers.
1: So, what kind of accommodations did you make on this trip?
2: So, we agreed to either hostel, but uh, in a private room, you know, no dorm. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or stay in a cheap hotel, or something we we started to do a couple of years ago. First time was in uh, Japan, uh, couch surf. About which I was skeptical, actually, to be honest. But because couchsurfing, you know, when you stay at uh, someone's place for free, but still you don't know the person. Right. But the main reason I was convinced about that was before we went to Japan, Tony did a trip to Indonesia and he couchsurfed there most of the time. Fantastic people, very hospitable, very generous. And I was convinced. I said, why not try it together? And then I was convinced by the fact that, you know, it's a network. There you set the profile, and you know, and people know who you are, and you can either tell lies or, you know, write something different than you are.
1: So you felt pretty secure with that, and that worked out pretty well for you, I take it, doing the couch-sharing option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Did you tell people ahead of time that, you had visual impairments and might need some extra help or guidance or directions?
2: Yeah, well, Tony sometimes doesn't do that, especially when we book accommodation, because he's afraid of people, you know, creating obstacles for us or, you know, not putting us in the room because they think that there is no accessible for us. You know, people are afraid of steps a lot.
1: Yeah, he's talked about in previous shows being turned away when he showed up blind and someone said, you can't stay here, you're blind.
2: Yeah, he told me about that. That was in Georgia, I think.
1: Yes, I think it was in the U.S. someplace.
2: Yeah,
0: But I would imagine that when it does work well, that couch surfing, that's a really easy way to get started meeting some of the local people and getting advice on where to go.
2: Yeah, yeah, and then I thought it's more secure because you're right. They host you. Okay, they said they offer a bed and maybe food and stuff. But also, if they have time, if they don't, they're not busy working or stuff like that. They can also spend time with you, which has happened for us, not for all for the blind, but you know, for everyone. It's very, very helpful. It's a, a good way to avoid actually tourist traps. You know, they know where to take you. You know, they're
1: local. Yeah, you often get a lot better advice from the locals than you do from the tourist magazines and websites. They're directing you to very different places.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah.
0: We've spoken to you twice in the past, three and six years ago, and you told us all sorts of wonderful stories about places you've been. I gather you keep track. Mm -hmm. How many different countries have you been to at this point?
3: Uh, 116 officially. According to the UN, there's 193 different countries. It's
1: tough to keep up with them because they keep on adding and subtracting countries. (laughs) That's
3: it, yeah. So people break away and then they rejoin. That's quite impressive. Yeah, thanks. How long have you been doing these travels, Tony? I've been traveling for 20 years by myself. So I started with 18, 19. I'm 40 now. My goal is to try and visit every country in the world. Well, that's a moving target. They keep changing what they are. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, there won't be too many more changes. It's my passion. I love it. So right now, you were just
0: in Egypt together. Yep. And we're actually speaking to you in Egypt. So she mentioned that this trip has some extensions beyond Egypt. Where else
3: are you going on this trip? So I'm planning to try and go to Sudan, which is south of Egypt, quite hard work getting a visa, it's a bureaucratic, but that's the plan, and then into Ethiopia, or maybe Eritrea, which is also um, a very poor court to get a visa, but I have um, some contact for a tourist company trying to help me, and then possibly Djibouti, and then I sort of finish, and more people may have heard, uh, Mauritius and Reunion, which are island nations in the Indian Ocean. And I'm traveling for about three months.
1: Wow. So I always thought you prepared pretty well in advance and did a lot of homework before these trips and knew every place you were going. Although sometimes you did wing it within a country. But it sounds like you're kind of
3: making some plans on the fly as you're going. Yeah, so I've got a kind of a basic route and then um, getting the visas as I go.
0: And why would you do it that way instead of getting all the visas before you leave England?
3: So sometimes it's easier to get visas while I'm traveling in the country before the country I'm going to. But sometimes if you had to get a visa in the UK, and I need three or four different visas, then obviously it can take up to a week to get a visa in the UK. So of course my passport's stuck in one embassy, and then I had to go to another embassy. But sometimes it's actually more practical to do it as I'm moving. <laughs> So
1: there's a lot of work in setting up these trips.
3: Yeah, but it's what I do. It's kind of my day job, I suppose. Right. <laughs> I don't really do anything else. Well, I promote my books and give talks, but yeah, 95% of what I do is traveling and planning it. It's what I enjoy. <laughs> I'm curious.
0: I know Tony keeps track of how many different countries he's been to and which cities in each country, and it's a huge list. Do you know how many
2: different countries you've traveled to? Well, Tony's on the county, but I think it is, uh, might be over 35 now. Yeah, 35. For you? Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of different
0: places. <laughs> and what was your favorite of all of those?
2: Diverse trips I did with Tony was, uh, you know, in Russia and Japan, because and, they're different to, you know, anywhere else. I mean, Japan and Asia. It was my first trip in Asia. I'd never been to Asia before. And uh, also Russia. You know, it, it is in Europe, but it's a unique country. It's a lot of different culture there, and also the language is interesting, and uh, they don't speak a lot of English, so it was a, a challenge as well. Yeah. Well, it must be
1: particularly interesting because... You know, you can't see the visual cues or follow road signs and all. And I would guess the language is really an issue. Do you find that most people will communicate in English and you don't have a
2: hard time? Yeah, that's another factor and another reason that's a good idea of staying with the Couch Service because I think it's a must to be a member of the Couch Service to speak English or one of the widely spoken languages like French or German, I suppose. Got it. I mean, most of the people who are members speak English, so time with them or meeting them is another option of couch surfing, If they can't host you, is to spend some time with you, you know, to meet up for uh, a few hours or for dinner or for go somewhere together. So that works very well because countries such as Russia don't speak English. They can help you a lot.
1: So we've talked to you a bunch before about your solo travels and some of the adventures that you've had. It must be very different traveling with a traveling companion. Can you tell us what some of the
3: differences are when you travel with Tatiana? It's different because you've got the responsibility of looking after someone, especially blind guiding someone blind. When I'm traveling by myself, I don't worry about getting lost or injuring myself so much because when I'm traveling with Tatiana, I'm worried for her safety because I don't want her to walk into something that I miss. <laughs> right. So I'm always aware of that. Yeah. And when we're walking on the streets, because in Cairo, it's not, as it's often there's not many sidewalks, so you're walking in the street. Ooh. So we're walking side by side, so I have to try, sort of try and put her behind me to make sure she doesn't walk a car. Well, that must be interesting. Yeah. So I put my, my arm behind my back, and then we sort of walk like that, but it's not easy, and then... One of the good things about traveling with another person is you become less selfish. So you learn to share more and become less selfish because you've got the other person to think of. But at the same time, it can be stressful because you're trying to look after each other. So it's certainly different.
1: Well, I guess it certainly helps to develop a unique bond between the two of you.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, you do develop a bond the more you travel together, you know, and you you sort of get to know what each other likes, what each other doesn't like. Um, we sort of pick up on you know, each other's moods, and yeah, you can tell if each other's happy or not happy with something. And when I started traveling, we I guess I made a lot of mistakes, and as you know, sort of, we've gone on, I've learned to sort of to be more in tune with what Tatiana wants or what Tatiana needs when we're traveling. You do have to make some compromises. Yes, there are compromises, but that's, that's a relationship.
1: Right, right, right. Any relationship, yes.
3: To make some compromises, yeah. <laughs> a lot of compromises.
1: Tony generally describes his travel experiences very positively, as have you. And I was just curious, what was your worst or most difficult experience that you've been through?
2: We were in Hungary. You know, when we travel to a country, we spend, we try to spend more than 15 days or 20 days trying to go to get to as many places as possible. The accommodation that Tony booked was kind of isolated from the town and uh, we wanted to take a bus to go to uh, the nearest city, which was kind of medieval and has a cathedral we want to visit and stuff like that. Anyway, we did that. And coming back, uh, okay, people helped us get on the bus and stuff, but uh, they dropped us off uh, maybe it was a different stop or Maybe the stop was far from the, the, the one we asked or we were told by our Airbnb owner. Anyway, and uh, kind of were lost.
1: So all of a sudden you found yourself someplace where you had no idea where you were.
2: Yeah, 10 p.m. Very few cars passing by. Oops. Dogs barking. And, and, and...
0: Oh, man. I assume you found your way back to the Airbnb eventually.
2: Oh, and it was terrified. I was shouting. to Tony said, "Oh, Tony, what? Why did you do that? Why not take a taxi? Or why do you book places like that? Don't you know? Sometimes he books places to make it cheaper. He books places to <laughs> so asking someone or uh, without uh, making sure that they're more central."
1: Right. Well, Tony is good at traveling on a budget, from what I understand. So I take it you were finally rescued from this whole event. <laughs>
2: Anyway, we were lucky. We uh, tried to stop a car, and we, you know, we end up, ended up uh, in the middle of the, ro- uh, the road, and you know, waving, a, you know, hoping that a car would stop. And eventually, yeah, it won't stop. Yeah, it can be very scary. I mean, when you're in the middle of nowhere, and I'll
1: bet, luckily, you found a good Samaritan.
2: Thankfully, that, I hope <laughs> to be my worst experience ever. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So we asked Tony the same question, and sure enough, we got a different answer. Have you run into any memorable, difficult situations
3: traveling together? Yeah, we've had one. We stayed with a, a young guy in uh, Slovakia, and he was young. He was about 20, and we met him on the Internet with talk surfing. But what he didn't tell us was that his mum wasn't very happy him having guests. So we arrived maybe seven, eight o'clock at night, and he said, "Oh, yeah, you can stay two nights." And then during the course of the evening, he said, "Oh, um, I'm sorry, guys, my mum doesn't really want you to stay." Oh gosh! <laughs> Possibly leave the next morning. I mean, we didn't—we had to sort of find accommodation. at sort of ten o'clock at night. And, um, we had a couple of situations like that. Tatiana finds it a bit more difficult. Um, She's not quite as used to the the sudden sort of changes as I am. So when you travel by yourself, you stay
1: in what I would say economical conditions. Yes, to no conditions. (laughs) (laughs) We've heard about some of those conditions.
3: And how are your current conditions? I'm in a friend's house at the moment and there is a hill of sand outside the front door. And they're rebuilding the steps. There's banging and drilling. Well, that must be interesting,
0: navigating a hill of sand with a white cane. You just go over the top.
3: It's maybe a foot and a half. So you just sort of stick stick in a bit of the sand and you sort of run up the top. And then go down the other side. And you get a bit sandy.
1: (laughs) Well, that sounds like it's okay for Tony.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Tatiana wouldn't like it.
1: I was going to say, I didn't think she would like that.
3: No, no, she'd be very unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you sort of have to do a bit of encouragement to get her to do things sometimes. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work. And then you do something else or think of something else. So, yeah, it's fun most of the time.
0: What a fantastic attitude. And with that attitude... Tony's seen a large fraction of the world, including every continent. And if you want to hear more stories from his travels, read his books or listen to our prior episodes in which we spoke with Tony. Now, for this week's final item, how to learn more about Tony and Tatiana's travels and how to contact them.
1: Tony, I was wondering if you could tell people about your website and how they might contact you if they had
3: questions. Yeah, sure. So uh, my website's called tonythetraveler.com Traveler is spelt with two L's. Um, I know Americans only spell it with one L, so it's TonyTheTraveler, all one word, dot com. With two L's, and I'm also on Facebook at Tony the Traveller, and yeah, people can contact me through my website. There's a contact link, and also on Facebook, and I blog, and I've got a page now as well, so people can see see my videos, hear my videos, of me doing crazy things. You do do crazy things. That was a YouTube channel. Yeah, I have my um, YouTube page. If you search for Tony Giles, I guess. G-I-L-E-S.
0: Can you remind our listeners about the two books that you have published and tell them a little bit about your upcoming book?
3: Yes, yeah, so I published two books. and, and um, The first one's called Seeing the World My Way. It's about why a blind person would want to go and see the world. And my second book, uh, it's called Seeing the Americas My Way. It's a trip I did in 2004 around parts of South America and some of North America uh, the USA, Canada, Alaska. i uh, now uh, editing a third book. It's probably going to be called something like Seeing Southern Africa My Way. And I'm hoping to have that published later this year, maybe the August, September time.
1: And where can people find those books, Tony?
3: They can go onto my website and find information about them. But if they want to buy them, download them, they can go onto any ebook website, you know, um, Google Play, Amazon, Nook, Barnes & Noble, So if people had questions for you or
1: wanted to contact you, how could they do that?
2: Uh, I am on Facebook, Tatiana Nisioti, which is my name. And I also got an email address, tatiananisioti at gmail.com.
1: And can you spell that for our listeners? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's T-A-T-I-A-N-A-N-I-S-I. I-O-T-I, no dash or dot or anything in between, at gmail.com.
1: And as usual, you'll be able to find all of those resources we talked about in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You'll also find links in the show notes to the previous episodes in which we interviewed Tony about his travels.
0: That's it for show number 1914. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about the free Seeing AI app from Microsoft that runs on iOS devices. This app can be used to scan and read text, identify colors, scan product barcodes, perform facial recognition, and much more. We'll talk with Saqib Sheikh, who is the totally blind initiator of and lead developer of the app, about how the app came to be and what makes it special. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094.